After what seemed like hours, she saw the intersection. The gate should be just ahead. She breathed a sigh of relief. But what if it were locked? What would she do then? She couldn't find the sidewalk, so she would have to estimate. She finally managed to reach the fence. Another sigh of relief. At least she had gotten this far. She couldn't feel her fingers and toes anymore, and her face was a tight mask. But she was almost there. Now I'll just hang on to this fence until I find the gate, she thought. Ralph should be at the gatehouse and I can warm up. He'll probably help me back to the nurse's home. She clung to the fence for her very life. This was her only contact with this savage environment. Step by halting step, she finally reached the gate. To her relief, it stood open, lodged ajar by piles of snow. Thank God, she almost shouted. The gatehouse should be right over there, she thought as she staggered along. Suddenly, she bumped into the darkened structure. When she found the door locked, she pounded on it, willing it to open. Ralph, let me in, please. No response. She turned the knob back and forth, hoping it might open, but nothing happened. He was gone. There was no way she could get inside. Mary Lou looked around wildly, searching for some landmark. She had no idea which way to go. She had lost all sense of direction. The sound of the wind seemed to be warning her of her dangerous predicament. Damn you, Margaret Montague, you hateful bitch! This is all your fault! If I freeze to death out here, there will be nobody to help you! She shouted her frustration into the wind. Slowly, the snow in front of her began to swirl in a counterclockwise pattern, different from the main body of the blizzard. It turned and twisted gracefully, assuming a vague human shape. Then the mass began to move away from the gatehouse. Mary Lou stood mesmerized. Was she imagining this? Could it really be the ghost, leading her to safety? She had no other choice but to follow the illusion, stumbling, falling, and then picking herself up and plodding on as the mass continued to move. She continued on, as if she were in a trance. As suddenly as it had taken shape, the mass dissolved. Mary Lou looked around. A dim light shone directly in front of her. She reached for the banister with unfeeling hands and pulled herself up the stairs to the nurse's home. Tears streaming down her half-frozen face. She almost fell into the entryway. Miss Hammond! cried Mrs. Dobbins. Miss Hammond is safe. Where have you been, child? Everyone has been worried to distraction. The stern matron threw a blanket around the shivering girl and led her to a chair. Even Miss Dillard is here, she said. Mary Lou's body shook uncontrollably. She couldn't speak, just sat there, glad to be alive. She looked up into Martha Dillard's stern gaze. Miss Hammond, do you realize you could have frozen to death out there? The radio is broadcasting disaster bulletins, warning everyone to stay indoors. We are responsible for your safety. I'll speak to you later about your conduct. Her voice was stern, but reflected real concern. She turned to the matron. Get some hot chocolate into this young lady, Mrs. Dobbins, 
she looked down at Mary Lou with an almost caring expression. Kate burst into the room. Lulu, Lulu, my God, you're all right. She hugged Mary Lou and cried, repeating her name over and over. Bill has called every half hour, she said. Kate, call him and tell him I'm okay. I'm too shaky to talk to him right now. Her hands trembled so badly she could hardly hold the cup of chocolate Mrs. Dobbins handed her.